America and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. We are thrilled to be with you today. We've got so much to talk about. This is your home for common sense conservatism. If you're just stumbling upon us, hey, stay for a while. Give us a try. I think you're going to like the common sense conservative values of uh, of a mom. That's what I say I am. It is who I am. I am a mom. I am a proud American, and I love this place. And we fight for it every single day. So if you're new, I'm delighted to have you. Wendy Bell Radio Network app, Wendy Bell Radio podcast. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Something super cool that I was able to do with some of my favorite people in the world over the summer was go to see comedian Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle came to town where I live, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I gobbled up six tickets. I was going to take Brock and his wife, Kate, my husband, Joe, and our two adult sons, Michael and Jack. Not an easy and and, uh, affordable thing to do, but I believe in the world of goats, Dave Chappelle is one of them. Greatest of all time, I believe, in his field. I love what he does. I think I disagree with some of the things that he talks about, but I think by and large, he is a very provocative thinker, and he uses his platform in many different creative ways. Now, there are rules when you go to a Dave Chappelle show, a comedic stand-up show one is the biggest rule no recording don't record anything okay that's that's the rule obviously be respectful you know all the other rules just don't record and so when you walk into the arena or wherever Dave Chappelle is performing you are given a neoprene bag and in the bag you put your phone you lock it up That's where it's supposed to go. That's where it's supposed to stay. There are rules on the website when you buy the tickets, when you get the tickets. Hey, reminder, do not record. No cell phone, nothing. None. (laughs) Right? It is not hard to figure out why. See, Dave Chappelle has many wonderful things that he's got going for him, including money. He has made a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. $62 million last year alone. And when you have that kind of cash flow, 
You really aren't that concerned, I would say, about public sentiment twisting in the wind, criticism, people coming out for you. You've got a nice little cushion where you can say, bugger off. I don't care what you think. But Dave Chappelle has found himself in some very interesting crosshairs. He has said some things about the transgender community, which the transgender community has decided to twist in and out into pretzels and create a reason to be outraged. So be it. He has said some provocative things about Hamas, about Palestine, about Israel. In fact, recently people have gotten up and have left his show because of what he has said. Again, Dave Chappelle because of his talent, because of his income, because of his following and his popularity, he can say pretty much what he wants. This, however, what happened on Friday in Hollywood, Florida, not far from Miami, about 30 miles away, 30 minutes, I think. The rules were the same. You come into my show, please put your cell phone in a bag, Put it on the table, put it in your pocket, whatever. No recording allowed. And some guy decided he was going to record anyway. Now, I don't know how he managed to do it because we had to walk through metal detectors. They detect whether or not you've put your phone in the bag. They know. Your keys go out. You go through the detector. I don't know how you could get in through with your phone. Some guy did. All right. Sitting close enough in proximity to Dave Chappelle, who's performing on stage, that Chappelle can see the guy recording him. Dave Chappelle angrily said something about the gentleman breaking the rules and walked off stage. That was it. Now, I will tell you, after what I dropped to take Brock and Kate and Joe and Michael and Jack and myself to see Dave Chappelle this summer in Pittsburgh, I would be so hot if some schmuck in the audience couldn't play by the rules and wanted to aha catch Dave Chappelle saying something, wanted to snag some part of his show, put it out there, ruin it for other people who might see it in another city, whatever the dude's rationale was for breaking the rules, he ruined it for everybody. And he super ticked off Dave Chappelle. Now, why am I telling you this? How is this applicable to where we are in the country today? There are rules. Those rules are being molested, bastardized, manipulated, pretzelized every single day by a certain group of people who believe that they don't apply to them. The rules. When we're on the highway together, there is a, an understanding. Each of us understands that we are driving our own individual deadly missile. And with that comes great responsibility. We pledge to one another to the best of our ability to do the best job we can, to not be distracted, to understand what emerge is, to not change lanes inside the tunnel, to keep each other safe as we're all individually trying to get where we're going. Same thing with war. Rules of war, things you do, do not do. Period. It's not up for debate. Except everything is now. Every single thing that you and I were raised to do, manners-wise, respect-wise, humility, all of it, up in the air, tossed into the river, forget about it. Now, the, the Dave Chappelle thing to me is very interesting because I appreciate him. He acted like the parent. 
You know what the rules are. It is not a surprise. The goalposts don't move. We tell you 15 different ways. And you chose to break my rules. Bugger off. You all lose as a collective. Well, just like that audience, every single member who's out an awful lot of cash, exceedingly disappointed and rightfully so, furious at the guy who thought he was above the rules, this is where we are as a country. Except the people breaking the rules are the people who say we need to follow them. That, that is not congruous with this idea of democracy. That's not how it works. We decide. They follow what we say. They work for us. Everything is upside down now. And you can feel it no matter where you are. You have certain rules you have to abide by. Pay taxes. You can't cheat on your taxes. You can't thieve. You can't do this or that. But other people can. Whether they be in Congress, whether they be illegal migrants who've crossed this border, breaking the law, that you're now expected to pay for, the rules don't apply to everybody. So what are the rules? There are none. Because you need everybody running around, angry, fighting, grumpy, to avoid paying attention to what's actually happening. The biggest threat to our democracy are the very people who promise us that they're working to protect it. Let me say that again. All of these people who are pointing fingers elsewhere, MAGA, threat to democracy. Donald Trump, threat to democracy. People who believe in the sanctity of life, threat to democracy. All of these people pointing fingers about all these other problems are the problem. They want to take the rules that have worked well for us for a couple hundred years, and they want to chuck them and they want to make their own rules where you lose. Do you feel it? I see it every single day. I hear it out there in the media. I see it in the polls. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to direct your attention later, later in the broadcast. And I hope you stay for it. Because I have a message for America's young women. Specifically, America's young women. Because... What they are doing to our country right now is creating an unsustainable system that's going to hit us rapidly. We don't have to wait 20 years. It's coming down the road. And I have, I have to call them out for it. So to the man who decided he was above the rules of Dave Chappelle, that he thought he could record what I believe is perhaps the greatest comedian of all time and screw everybody out of a wonderful experience... I feel the same way about you, sir, as they do all of these people in government who wag their fingers at us and tell us what we need to be doing while they themselves are breaking every rule and every law and every norm of decent behavior that we've known since the beginning of time. So let's call them out together. The time for accountability is now, and there are people coming forward demanding it just like that audience, demanding it. Buckle up, friends. We're just getting started. This is the Wendy Bell Radio Network, back after this. 
Rules are made for a reason. It's one for all, all for one, one for all. You can't just veer off and start your own rules. Rules are made to be broken. No, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We sink or swim together. Right? We can't all be rogue nations depending on doing, you know, deciding on what we want to do, what suits us, except we are experiencing a time when people are pushing that narrative. No, it doesn't work. That's how you have a pile up on the highway. That's how stuff goes sideways and everybody pays the price. That's how you get stuck in a government that sucks because people believe that they are above the rules. The rule is you get to vote. If you're a citizen of these United States, you're 18 years old and you've gone and you filled out the paperwork, you get the privilege, the honor of voting. How dare anybody out there decide to take that away from you? Either by bringing somebody in who zeroes out your lawful registered voice or by tampering with machines Fiddling with ballot drop boxes, changing the rules about ballot signature verification. Don't worry about when it's postmarked or it's somebody in in what Maine, secretary of state who unilaterally decides, you know what? I think Trump is guilty of inciting a rebellion. He's an insurrectionist. He's not going to be on our ballot. Who are these people? Who do you think you are? Hey, Shanna Bellows, you little witch. Who the hell do you think you are? How dare you? See, now, by the end of the show, and while I think there are some men out there who are toxic as hell, I think there is a very serious underbelly of feministic disaster in this country. And we're going to talk about that. I want to read this to you. There's a poll. You know how I like polls. All right, whatever. Right? Do they tell us everything? No, but they're fun to talk about. Here's the question. Pollsters ask this very question. The top word voters would use to describe what Donald Trump wants if he's reelected. What do you think that word is, ladies and gentlemen? Because voters said it was revenge. I completely disagree with that. Totally. I have no idea. That is not at all what's going on here. I do not believe it is revenge. Let's read this, though. Revenge is one of the top words used to describe what likely voters believe former President Donald Trump wants to achieve in a second term. This is a recent J.L. Partners Polls Daily Mail survey. I have no idea who they are. I know Daily Mail, but not the first part. Okay. The survey asked respondents, in one word, what would you say Joe Biden slash Donald Trump most wants to achieve from a second term as president? Big words that stood out for Trump include revenge, power, economy, and America. However, those vary drastically. They vary drastically when individual political groups are asked. For example, most Republicans chose the word America and economy, border, success, peace, MAGA, freedom, and revenge as their top words to describe Trump's objectives in a second term. Independents chose revenge as their top word, but power and economy are also big players. See, I don't get the power vibe out of Donald Trump. I don't. 
any more than I get an ego vibe out of Dave Chappelle. I just don't. Democrats chose the word revenge, power, dictatorship, dictator, corruption, chaos, and nothing as their top words. Wait, what? The top word for Biden across all parties, Democrats, independents, Republicans. What one word would you use to describe what Joe Biden is looking for in running for re-election and winning a second term? You want to know what they said? Nothing. That was the word they chose. Nothing. Wow. It's a sentiment held by Republicans and independents particularly. Economy stands out as the biggest word among Democrats, as well as peace and democracy. Right? There's nothing peaceful or democratic about a government that is weaponized against one political party. It is all-out warfare and has been for seven years against conservative values. Period. If you feel the way I do about America, which is, oh, by the way, very rules-based. It's very common sense-based. It's based on the family unit. Mom and dad and children, God willing, if you're fortunate enough. And the family unit creates the schools, creates the community, creates local governments, governance, creates local rules, standards of behavior. The local governments choose the state governments, etc., etc., etc. Always back down to one basic thing. Family. It is at home. Where these rules are taught, where the norms of behavior, where young men learn about chivalry, where young women watch their moms cook and raise children and manage accounting and do all the things that moms do outside of the house too. But did you hear the very basic family values I'm talking about? Dad is strong. Dad is the support, the security, the safety, maybe the sole provider of the family. Mom is the emotion. Mom is the love and the child rearing and the food and the family and the tradition. And you put those two things together and that does not make me sexist to say that. And you are a traditionalist. And it is that very tradition of family that these lunatics are trying to destroy. Look, it might just be one guy at a Dave Chappelle show ruining it for everybody else by not following the rules. But it's bigger than that. It's everywhere. And the pushback is real. All right. The plan to ruin America, starting with one state. Can you guess which one? We'll take you to California and the explanation next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. All right, so can America survive if there is a, a state that is functioning in a rogue fashion, not following the rules per se, doing everything upside down and inside out, much like the guy at the Dave Chappelle concert? You know what the rule is. You fail to follow the rule. You ruin it for everybody. Can the, can the country survive if one of our 50 states is completely twisted and inside out. I don't think so. I don't think so. 
I think we, we like to believe wherever we live, and the numbers don't lie. A half of a million Californians fled the state since COVID. Half of a million. Your tax base is shrinking. People are bailing and saying, I see what's coming because we've already been living it. It's crazy. It is not sustainable. And I'm out of here. And it's easy for us who live in other areas to look at California, to look at the hellscape going on in New York City, to look at what's going on in Chicago. And all of these areas are connected by liberals, liberals, progressives, right? People who don't follow the rules. People who believe that they are above the rules, that the rules should be rewritten under some victimhood status to create preferential treatment for certain people and to punish others. That's not equal. That's not justice. That's not fairness. That's suck. And everything these people do and and come up with sucks. Case in point. Did you know what yesterday marked in the beautiful state of California? I'm from there, ladies and gentlemen. It is one of the most majestic places on planet Earth. The people I love most live there. Well, yesterday, California started offering 700,000 illegal immigrants free health care. Do you get free health care? Because I remember when you and I got dragged along Obamacare, that money laundering BS operation, right? Which fundamentally changed and made health care suck. It wasn't about your doctor spending time with you. It wasn't that kneecap to kneecap, eye to eye. Hey, doc, I got a problem. It became, you're a number. You get five minutes. Doctor's gone. And then you'll wait six months for your follow-up. Because you can't get in. And remember, if you like your doctor, keep your doctor. You like your insurance, keep your insurance. You're going to save $2,500. No, we didn't. We got screwed. Progressive. Garbage. Policies, 700,000 illegal immigrants who don't pay taxes, who don't love America, who've never done anything to benefit us, right? Who haven't gone through the nationalization process, who, who naturalization, I should say, who, who know nothing about what we are or who we are, are getting more than we are. Perfect. Is that a winning strategy? Of course not. Free health insurance for illegal immigrants is expected to cost, and I've seen a a variety of estimates. All of them are terrible. This particular article says $2.6 billion a year. How are you going to do that? $2.6 billion. You've got home costs in California out of control. You've got businesses that are fleeing the state because it's no longer profitable, safe, feasible, Look at San Francisco. It is a figment of its former self, thanks to progressive Democrat suck. California is ushering in 2024 with free health care for more than 700,000 migrants living illegally in the Golden State. (laughs) You're rewarding the very behavior the audience doesn't want America is the audience of Dave Chappelle the migrants are the dude who's filming 
And if Dave Chappelle didn't walk off stage and say, bugger off, he would be just like California's Gavin Newsom and all of the lawmakers of suck who say, you know what? We're going to reward you. Rather than closing the door and having consequences, right? There's a process. There are rules. We're going to reward you and pay for your medical care. By all means, have as many babies as you want. Last baby I had were twins. I got a BOGO 15 and a half years ago. At that point, it was $10,000 to have a baby. What do you think it costs now? Well, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. This is California. And you wonder why the tax base is shrinking? There's no mystery. So this program, which Gavin Newsom, by the way, if this dude thinks, fancies himself the way the lackey governor of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, fancies himself a future president, oh, hell no. Just pay attention to what this dude is doing to destroy one of the greatest places in the United States of America. He announced this program in May, beating his chest, probably right off the heels of welcoming every transgender person in the world, young people. Your parents do not want you to mutilate your body. I say, you do you. We'll pay for it for you. Come to California. Where did that $98 billion budget deficit or rather surplus go? I don't know, because now it's a $68 billion deficit. How the hell does Gavin Newsom blow through 160? What? Welcome to the audience. You have a front row seat. You're excited. You live in a land of freedom. The audience is there to see the greatest of all time. You're giddy. It's a delight. The lights dim. Your heart starts to pound. And then some schmuck ruins it for everybody. Gavin Newsom. Eric Adams. Kathy Hochul. I mean, we could go on and on and on, ladies and gentlemen. Well, let's talk a little bit deeper about what's happening in California. So I told you half a million people have bailed on the state since COVID. We're out. Peace out. Out of here. Nancy Pelosi can go get her hair colored during COVID. We're on a lockdown and every single public school student in the state of California has to get vaccinated because that makes sense. No, we're out of here. Wealthy Californians fleeing the state, putting tax revenue at risk. Did you guys know? I mean, I didn't. 40 percent of California's tax revenue. 40 percent comes from the wealthiest 1% of the earners in the state. And guess who the people are who are leaving? Yeah, those people. Cause and effect. Concert was just canceled and everybody's now exiting. Boom. The population of California posted a decline of tens of thousands in 2023. Among them are some of the wealthiest Californians who account for a sizable portion of the state's tax base. The state's population dropped by 75,400 over 12 months, bringing to it, or it rather, to over 38.96 million as of the 1st of July. This is from the Census Bureau. Sounds like a lot of people. Awesome. But see, for the 75,000 people who left, who have skin in the game, who were paying 
into the system who were playing by the rules, paying their taxes. They leave. And for every one of them who leaves, 10 others who need that money are now bogging down the finances, the social programs, the schools, the hospitals, all of it in California. Is that survivable? No. No, it's not. 100%. California had a total 399,400 tax returns. So let's just say 400,000 tax returns leave the state and over 241,000 come into the state in 2020 to 2021 resulting in a net loss of about 158,000 individual taxpayers. This is according to IRS migration data. For individuals, the IRS said the state netted about 331,000 fewer people in that time frame. So California has led the nation for years in migration. And right, right now... People bailing the state, people coming in who aren't paying, people leaving who did. How do you survive that? And with a $68 billion deficit for the upcoming fiscal year, if something serious doesn't happen, do you guys see Gavin Newsom actually sitting down with people and saying, look, folks, this isn't sustainable. Why would he? When you have Democrats and Republicans in Congress who think $34 trillion as a national debt is, eh, no big deal. Yeah, it is. Not only bankrupting us at the very basic family level, but now changing the very dynamics of our country. Did you guys know that by the end of Joe Biden's term, God willing, only one? that 10% of our population will be migrants, 10%. Well, that sounds very nationalistic. She sounds like she doesn't care about all these. You know what? I don't really care. I care about us, our people, our family, our country, our safety, our security. See, that's, that's MAGA. That's what that is. To anybody out there who doesn't understand what that means, making America great again, it means focusing on that unit, the family called the United States of America. But see, just the way they want your family fractured, where they want to whittle dad out, take God out of schools, be able to intercede on your behalf and groom your children in school. So too do they want to destroy the family called America. But there is a very fascinating event going on. It's not getting a lot of headlines. It's small people, individuals finding one another, banding together and standing up as an audience and saying what needs to be said out loud. We are done. The day of reckoning has arrived. And here are your papers. Do not miss the second hour of this program, ladies and gentlemen.
because we're going to talk about something very exciting going on in the United States military. Pushback. Before that, when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, what do older voters, black voters, and Democrat voters all have in common? And why does it matter to us? We'll take you there next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. You know what? You guys got to hear this because this is a, a news report, kind of matter of fact, on Fox, talking about basically free insurance, free health, free everything for people who've done nothing to contribute to this country. What? what? I want you to hear the, the report, though. This is in 45 seconds, summarizes why California is a state of perpetual stock. Go. Yeah, Molly. Well, starting today, California now becomes the first state to provide health insurance to all undocumented people of all ages. The state is now preparing to provide full coverage to roughly 700,000 individuals under the state's Medi-Cal system. Now, prior to today, health insurance was available to undocumented residents under the age of 26. But this new law now expands health care to any age. It's expected to cost the state $3.1 billion each year. California Governor Gavin Newsom has called the move a transformative step towards strengthening the health care system for all Californians. However, we should mention as this program begins, it comes as California faces a record $68 billion budget deficit. Okay, see, those things are not congruous. You do not say it's transformative to offer something free to people when you're bankrupting your people. Period. Where's the person saying, hey, crazy alert, where's the crazy button? That's just absolutely idiotic. You cannot run your household like that. You know, if your husband or wife was squandering money, you guys would have to have a serious conversation super fast. Hey, friends, family, we've got an issue. We have overspent We're cutting our subscriptions, our apps, the cable, right? Everybody quicken your shower. We don't leave the lights on when we leave the house. Like you do anything you can, except if you're the government, in which case you just pass the buck off to somebody else. California, rich people saying sayonara, done paying for your mistakes. Out of here. So let's talk talk about this, a poll, right? This is interesting to me. Voters give 2023... The most positive outlook since 2020. Now, this is a poll. I don't know how this is earth-shattering news, because in three years, wow. (laughs) It's not like we're saying, oh, they're the most enthusiastic since, you know, 100 years ago. It's in three years. But it's the people who are reporting a positive outlook about 2023 that I find very interesting. Despite recession woes, foreign policy conflicts, and heightened election campaigning heated i should say excuse me didn't have my glasses on four in ten voters feel 2023 was pretty good for them personally and two in ten say the same for the country really now i don't mean to be a debbie downer and i'm a very positive person i'm just going to tell you that i am very optimistic i see the world and my my glass is half full or bigger than that okay however (laughs) I don't think that we can say anything that's happened since Joe Biden's been in office has been a positive at all. 
This survey, Fox News survey, finds 39% of voters say 2023 was good for them and their family. 53% say it was bad. 53. I'm surprised by these numbers. That's about where it was at the end of 2022. 37% say it was good. So now 39%. But this is where things get wild. Why is it the biggest increases in positive outlook since 2020 from both a personal and a national perspective come from black voters, voters over 65 and Democrats? Is there like a reality check going on here? So black voters, 31 percent, 30, 31 points, I should say. This increase in a positive outlook from 2020. Black voters by 31 points say, yep, 2023. That was a good year. How about age 65 and older? 36% say, yep, good year. It was a great year. Democrats, 35 points. Yes, totally great year. What? What are you guys seeing? Am 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 I off base here? Independents are also up since 2020, but by smaller margins, plus 13 points, saying it's been a good year personally, plus 11 for the country. (laughs) How about Republicans? Republicans' good outlook has held relatively steady over the last three years, with about one quarter saying 2023 was a good year for them personally, 10% giving the country currently a positive outlook. Now, that's more in line with what I see. 10%. 10%. You guys, 10% maybe? Between 2013 and 2018, more than half of voters overall felt the year's ending were good for them personally, reaching a high of 20 or 57 in 2014. I don't, I don't see anything that's going on right now and see positive change, positive outlook, a feeling for optimism, except that 2024 is an election year. Am I wrong? That's where my optimism is, that we are within grasping reach of the potential for change. And beyond that, what I believe is a very interesting, quiet awakening. Hispanic voters now, by 2%, favor Donald Trump over Joe Biden. Black voters still predominantly Joe Biden. But the momentum is there. This in the military, though. I got to read something to you because it's easy for us to be disillusioned and think we're the only ones who see what's going on. Nobody's doing anything. Where's the action? Where's the pushback? Well, it happened. It began yesterday. And I got to tell you, 231 current and former U.S. service members have joined together to sign a document demanding something major out of the military. And it almost gives me chills. This would change my optimism view for 2024 in a big way. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Minutes away, we will drop this on you. And it is big. That's next.